Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sin and Salams. This episode is going to be a little triggering and I do want to give a warning as there will be mentions of physical abuse, sexual abuse, religious abuse, as well as suicide. Please take care of yourselves and please manage how you are feeling while you're listening to this episode. Although it's an important topic, we really want to prioritize you first. So please be careful and be mindful and pause as necessary. Please don't forget to turn on the notification bell as we release new episodes every Friday. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Sins and Salams. It's me, Sabrine. And for those. And today we have a special guest with us, and we're going to be talking about a very necessary topic in our community. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, uh, Salam alaikum wa rahmatullah. Uh, peace be upon you. Uh, I'm Ahmed Al Amin. Uh, I call myself the Imam of uh, the Indianapolis Muslim Community Association. I've been holding this position for five years. Uh, in addition to that, I, I'm also a chaplain with the law enforcement, uh, IMPD, and also uh, Sheriff's Office. Uh, my biggest hobby is serving the community, uh, especially the younger generation and those who are oppressed. Great. We love to hear that. And actually, I think even now knowing more of your background, like I see that this is going to be a way better take on this topic than I initially thought. So this is good. Sure. I, w- I wasn't doubting you, but I'm just no. Please say. feel free to doubt. <laughs> um, We're so, speaking our minds, right? Absolutely. We are speaking our minds, and um, I think this is a conversation that hopefully can lead to more conversations and mm-hmm. like recognizing more issues. So today's topic is about spiritual and religious abuse, which is a very prominent issue that has been woven into our community for a very long time. Um, And so before we get started, I do just want to go ahead and define what spiritual and religious abuse is, and then we can get kind of into the questions about it. Sure. Okay, so spiritual religious abuse is when there is coercion, control, or exploitation by another person in a spiritual or religious context. It can come from your leader, a partner, family, etc. And they'll pretty much just use spiritual and religious beliefs to exert power over you or to get their own personal gain. Yes. So this is an example of this can be like a parent to child. If a child disobeys their parents like, you know, normal kids do, parents could say something like Allah will punish you. Kind of just enforcing like God's wrath upon you to kind of make the punishment seem a lot more worse. And that's how just one quick example of how that can be woven in. Um, And so this, from my opinion, you guys feel free to jump in at this point. I feel like spiritual abuse is a gateway to other forms of abuse. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, once you've woven in like this religious context to it and, you know, if we acknowledge that religion is one of the biggest motivations for people to do anything on earth, it can really lead to a lot of harm in our communities. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Let me go first. Yeah, uh, honestly, you said what was on my mind exactly because you know there are many forms of abuse. Uh, I personally believe spiritual and religious abuse is the worst because what spiritual and religious abuse does is controlling somebody's mind, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how physically are you you are free. If your mind, you are mentally not free, spiritual are not free, you'll still be enslaved. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sad part is. Even though religion is supposed to be here to liberate people, uh, many people, historically, pe- people use religion to manipulate others, to right. uh, achieve a certain interests, uh, right. personal interests or gains or political gains. Yeah. And 
I could tell you as an imam, like I can speak about my tribe, okay? Uh, <laughs> it is very common among the imams and the scholars to use religious abuse or uh, spiritual abuse to abuse community members. Yeah. Um, and I'm men, and I would, from my experience being an imam, I have seen a lot of time men using uh, religion to threaten their wives, mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of stories to share. I'm not sure how much uh, you want me to share, but... Um, of course, we respect people's <laughs> confidentiality, Absolutely. but uh, the goal is to eliminate injustice and oppression. Absolutely. Right. I really think it's a double standardism to fight injustice out on the street, and you are being unjust and fair within your own house. Yeah. Um, many times we climb the member, preach people, God doesn't like or Allah doesn't like unjust people, yeah. but we are oppressive to our closest people, whether it's mm. a spouse or children. Or the community. Mm -hmm. And one thing I tell the community, most of the time the community members are the enablers. Yes. The reason why I say they're enablers, uh, of course, the person who abused them used religion. And now they enslaved everyone else. Mm -hmm. People tend to say, this is imam, I cannot talk to them. Yeah. Or we should not criticize them. If the Prophet ﷺ was objected, there is no one who's above objection. Umar radiallahu anhu, he was giving a, a khutbah in the masjid and he tried to limit the dowry of uh, women. And a woman stood up behind him from behind the masjid, yelled at Umar and see the, said, Allah give us this and you are trying to restrict us. And mm -hmm. Umar said, woman, you are right and Umar, I'm wrong. Mm. Uh, Umar is who you know who he was. Yeah. So what I, uh, I'm sorry if I'm jumping, I'm putting the horse, no, right the cart before the horse, okay. but... No. Um, the reason why I say community is an enabler, uh, this kind of podcast will help a lot to liberate people. Because mm -hmm. honestly, as we are talking now, there are people who are enslaved. Yes. They are entrapped, not physically, mentally. Yes. mentally. Absolutely. So they are incapacitated and they cannot do anything. Yeah. Um, I have a text that I need to respond to that came to me today of a victim of abuse. And I literally get it so often to where I could not keep up. Mm. And uh, that's why, actually, there was one question that I really liked, which is, how can you help? Mm -hmm. Honestly, the best way to help is this kind of effort. Um, we need to speak up. Change is not sweet. Change is always bitter. Mm -hmm. But there are fighters who bring the change. And uh, the, the change starts by creating awareness. And the abusers always do not like awareness. Mm -hmm. They want um, everyone to say yes, yes, yes. They don't want to question and uh, it's very important for us that to question things, to ask, uh, uh, to verify things. And Islam is not monopolized by anyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, if we believe that uh, men have superiority over women, then Islam is men religion, not mm -hmm. women religion. Yes. Uh, if we believe, if really we believe that imams can do whatever they want, mm. then we might as well go back to the old church system. Yeah. Where the, 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 the pastor have control has control of over everything. Islam we are distinguished by being the religion of balance, mm -hmm. the religion of justice, mm -hmm. and justice is undivided. Mm -hmm. And we can talk eventually of course about the religious texts that they use uh, to, to, to to abuse people because these religions are well misunderstood. Absolutely. And they're not even misunderstood. Sometimes are well understood mm -hmm. but they're well misrepresented mm -hmm. so that they can be used as a tool of uh, punishing people. I have seen people who left Islam because of abuse. Yeah. 
There is one story that I can never forget. I was called uh, to a family. They say a man's supposed not to be crying, but I was crying because of this family. Mm -hmm. um, this young kids and a lady, the husband abused them to where, you know, he used the religion. You cannot even oppose me. You can't even say any word when I talk. Mm. And then he threatened the wife that she would go to the hellfire. Threatened his kids that they would go to the hellfire. Mm -hmm. The oldest son, you know what he told me? It got to where he cannot take it anymore. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm ready to go to the hellfire and I'm out of your religion. And then he said, in Islam, well, before he said that, yeah, he said, I can kill you in Islam and you are not, I'm not, Allah will not punish me because mm -hmm. I'm allowed mm -hmm. to do so. Then actually the kid, I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. Uh, then the kid said, if this is your religion, I'm out of your religion. Wow. Now, who are you going to blame? Yeah. So uh, to, that's why it's, I think it's very important for us. It's too much. And uh, I really think we have, we have to speak up. Absolutely. It will make a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, but uh, they have to feel uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I and I think the one important part that you mentioned was how you said that there are pe still people that are enslaved. Mm -hmm. As someone that was former of this mindset, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is comes down to honestly Islamic education and the yes. way that we set this absolutely. up in our communities. Absolutely. I think if you raise a lot of kids or people on a focus on the very physical aspect of Islam, so. You know, I'm saying all the du'as, I'm mm -hmm. doing all the prayers, I'm wearing the best hijab, I'm a hafiz and memorize the Qur'an, then that's how well, that's what Islam is to them. How many points can I get? This is, comes yes. back to the religious right. math I was yes. telling you about. Yes. It's like, how can I calculate my way to heaven? Right. That's amazing. And so then when you're focused on that aspect, you're also your idea of Allah is this very much like, what I give you is, is what I'm going to get. Yes. You know, even in the way we say our du'a, it's like, Ya Allah, please give me this. And if you give me this, I'll do this. And it's just like, that's not... Pro -pro right? Yeah, like, <laughs> you're trying to bargain with God. That don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. So I think that's a very important thing to mention, as well as, like, um, like we mentioned, this is a gateway to other abuses, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so what can happen with um, spiritual abuse is that one of the aspects of it is grooming. Mm -hmm. So little by little, especially if you have people in positions of power like Imam who are te doing these teachings, okay. they're teaching you in Islam that's going to be easy for you to ignore red flags. Right. Right. Like exactly. It's going to yep. be easy yep. for you to accept the abuse from them. Yes. You know, I was actually, when I was preparing for this podcast, I was reading this article from the uh, Humara Project. I mm -hmm. think I'm saying it right. But essentially, they're a group that does cases against spiritual abuse in Meshit. What is it called again? Humra, like H-U-R-M-A project. I think, okay, I, I'm kind of familiar with Yeah, and they released a research paper about spiritual abuse, mm -hmm. and one of the paper, and in the paper they talked about a, st a story of a girl that was pretty much raised by an imam mm -hmm. um, in her community, and she, when she was, like, in that process of, like, being groomed into marriage by him, too, one of the things that he would say to her was things like, you are the answer to my prayers. So it's like if you're combining, if you're doing this harm and you're combining the religion to it, it's just like it almost feels like you're saying no to Allah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so how can you truly like fight back at that point? Like, I guess in my question to you is how would you protect, how can someone protect themselves from this kind of abuse? Uh, uh, this, th there is a short and long, there is a short answer and long answer. The short okay. answer, no one deserves Allah more than you. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves Allah. Mm -hmm. Allah created us equally. We all have the same path. And mm -hmm. that is exactly the reason why in Islam, you don't need an intermediary to get to Allah. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with Allah is direct. Yes. You don't have to go through an imam. You don't have to go through anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, 
Honestly, I tell people, and I've said this a lot, Imam is a position. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily you are the most pious person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We lead people who are more pious than us. We give khutbah to people who are more religious than us. And many times they are more, more knowledgeable than us. Mm -hmm. As an Imam, if you really think that I am the Imam, I'm your Imam, and I have to tell you everything, that's whole, that's wholly wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have enough words to express this, but the Prophet ﷺ, who is better than anyone, he used to be the one who gives and takes, the one who never put himself above anyone. Actually, one of the Sahaba was describing him. If you came and sit with uh, Prophet ﷺ, sit with the Sahaba, you would not know, you would not have known what is the difference, who is the Prophet among them. Mm -hmm. Unless you sit and you face him, you see the nur on his face. Mm -hmm. But beside that, he didn't sit on a higher chair and rest sit on the floor or mm -hmm. set it from d different containers or treat it any differently. Mm -hmm. So, and I say this to anyone who's listening to this, mm -hmm. anyone who's trying to treat themselves differently because of their position, whether they're imam or sheikh or whatever, really, that's a, one of the first disqualifiers. Mm. Uh, and I want the community members to be open to know, like I said at the beginning, there's no monopoly in this religion. Right. I want everyone to know that you are not entitled, or there's no any imam who's entitled to anyone more than you know, just Muslim brothers and sisters. Right. We are here, Allah Azawajal said, The mu'min men and women, they are allies for one another. Mm -hmm. That is what it is. Um, as an imam, and I said this before, as an imam, you are here to serve the community. You are not here to be served. Mm -hmm. So if you are using this position to, honestly, even if you like someone in the community, you should actually don't even approach the person. Mm -hmm. Because this is actually the first sign that you might be using your position for something. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's not haram to marry someone from the community, right. yeah. but it's very important for you because you are imam, people will say yes to you always. Right. Yeah. And many times, honestly, people don't even, and this is to their parents, you know, they trusted the imam so much to where, um, you know, mm -hmm. the yeah. imam, take my child and do whatever you want. Yeah. And, and I feel like and that's, that's absolutely you no, know, insane. Yeah. That's insane. This is your child. Yeah. The imam is not a prophet. You know, mm. you, 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 you hold them accountable. And I said this, and I said this to the community before when I became imam. I said, please hold me accountable. Yeah. You know, it doesn't test really good to hear negative feedback, but it helps you. Okay. Um, so if we are not checking them, they always, you know, they, feel, they get empowered little by little. Mm -hmm. To where they become tyrant, and we build our own tyrants. Mm. And Allah Azza wa Jalla says, you know, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah Azza wa is not going to change any society or people until they change themselves. Mm -hmm. So we have solemn obligation to set the wrong when it is wrong. And we should not enable any tyrants. And one sin that we should always stand against is oppression. Yeah. The Prophet Sallallahu says, um, the, the, the oppression is darkness on the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, Allah Azza wa says in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, I would like to remember the text in Arabic, but if it comes, inshallah, I will let you know. So Allah Azza wa Jalla says, I, I have forbidden, inni haramtu dhulma ala nafsi wa ja'altuhu baynakum muharraman fala tadhalamu. Indeed, I have made oppression forbidden on me. And I, I have definitely made it forbidden between you. So do mm -hmm. not oppress one another. If there is one who deserves to oppress, is Allah. Mm -hmm. He's a creator and everything. Mm -hmm. Yet he gave us freedom, um, uh, you know, free will, uh, freedom of choice in all this. If Allah is not oppressing us, who are we to be subjected to somebody else's oppression? Mm -hmm. Now, it's very important for people to understand the religion of Islam because, yes, it is used most often to oppress people. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to um, 
uh, the, 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 the leadership or the parents who are using this religious text in order to manipulate their children. Allah never, never, and I will really meet Allah as well on that. He will never tell anyone to accept oppression. Mm -hmm. He will never. Just because you spoke against oppression, Allah will not hold you, punish you. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. The parents, and my approach in dealing with this kind of issues, I would listen to both parties. I'm not going to listen to one party. Mm -hmm. If I get called by a child complaining about their parents, I will listen to the child first. Mm -hmm. And then listen to the parents. And then compare the two. Advise both of them. But telling the child always, oh, you should respect your parents, you should obey the parents. I'm not telling any child to disobey their parents too, mm -hmm. or to be rude to their parents. No. I'm just asking to be, you know, respectful to them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean he should or she should accept oppression. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to challenge any parents who, use, who does that. Um, uh, the same thing for a husband. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the role in, 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 the in the house it is well defined by Allah, mm -hmm. but it is left general within the boundary of justice, within the boundary of compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, we sometimes we deal with our youth in a way where I told we kick them out of Islam. That's mm -hmm. a little bit easier. We actually make them take their own life. Mm -hmm. The suicidal, uh, the suicidal ideation, they don't come from nowhere. Yeah. Right. To me, you know, when somebody uh, completes suicide, uh, you know, I don't call it commit suicide because. We don't know what led the person to, to, to committing that act. Mm -hmm. I'm not justifying suicide. Absolutely not. We have to stand against it, but we can't stand against suicide by just saying it's haram. Mm -hmm. No. We, by talking about what, le what is leading people to. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there was an incident where I came to the masjid. I actually pulled, right? I can remember this as if it was today. It was on a Wednesday. I have fiqh class. As soon as I pulled here, I found a text from a teenager girl who said, if you don't come to our house, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. And oh. she locked herself in the room, and the parents didn't know what's going. What was they knew what's going on, mm -hmm. but they didn't know she had suicide thoughts mm -hmm. or plans. Actually, she actually has plans. And uh, I didn't come to the lecture. I made a U-turn, went to their house, mm. knock on their door. The parents were shocked when they saw me. I said, I wasn't with the police at that time. I said, don't be shocked. If I'm here, I'm here for a reason. Right. We sat down and talked. Uh, after, you know, what was the issue? They were, they've been talking down on her forever. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like washing dishes. I don't like washing dishes either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. So to me, you know, that's why I like cooking. My wife like washing dishes. So it's, she's okay with that. I, I have no problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the this uh, teenager who was, I think, 13 at that time, uh, they kept talking down and when I came the parents were complaining about the dishes I said no it's not the dishes it is the way you are telling her mm -hmm. every day every day to feel to, to, to the degree where she felt she felt worthless mm -hmm. and this is how you kill people you know mm -hmm. you kill them uh, you kill their self esteem mm -hmm. and then they have no they feel they have no value and then they will end up by taking their life mm -hmm. then everybody's ready to talk about how they go to the hellfire Right. Yeah. I don't know if the suicide is part of it, but uh, can we go back to the question again? I'm sorry. I think <laughs> no. I, I went to 465 and I'm coming back to. Oh, no. <laughs> you were funny. So I think I think that you answered the question pretty well because yeah. it's pretty much asking how do we protect ourselves. Yes. From... So so yes, knowledge. Yes. Yep. 
Know that you are free, you were born free. You yeah. are not subjected to anyone. Absolutely. Don't let anyone, because you made, you had a past that you were not happy with, mm-hmm. or you're not proud of, don't let anyone entrap you in that past. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let anyone hold you to that past. Uh, uh, the other thing, you know, honestly, you have to fight for your right. Fight for your right. And if you are mentally not well, you will not be spiritually well. Mm-hmm. You are not going to be physically well. Mm-hmm. So educate yourself about Islam. Don't hate Islam because you're, the way your spouse treated you or because mm-hmm. your parents treated you because absolutely. they do not represent Islam absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back always to the mercy of Allah. Mm-hmm. As far as don't let your past haunt you, Allah forgive the past. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, I was talking to an individual just today he made a mistake in his life, and uh, it cost him almost everyone around him. Mm-hmm. And what I told him, if everyone left you during that time, it means they don't deserve you. Mm-hmm. Because what should have happened during that time, you made a mistake, you acknowledge you made a mistake. Your friends who are supposed to be your friend, they should be here to support you spiritually right. and mm-hmm. mentally to lift you up and encourage you to be a better Muslim. Not to to to, to despair from your surrounding yeah. and leave you alone and then start all these rumors mm-hmm. anyone who has passed that they're not proud of please please you can't change the past but you have all the future just yeah. I would say be optimistic if you have been abused please it's time for you to liberate yourself mm-hmm. if you know someone who's abused not only that if not only you're if you're a victim if you know someone who's a victim and you did not say anything you are part of the problem mm-hmm. so uh, there is difference between spreading ugliness in the society or spreading rumors mm-hmm. and between calling out the oppressor. Mm-hmm. These are two major difference. What people use, they use this ayah, uh, those who wanted to spread ugly news in the Muslim community or society, they have severe punishment in this dunya and the hereafter. Mm-hmm. First, the circumstances in which this ayah was revealed, it was addressed to those who people who accused the Aisha of committing adultery while, while she did not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a sister who was a victim of uh, uh, unwanted sexual approach by an imam. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they, she reached out to her family. They said, no, 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 you can First, they did not believe her. Mm-hmm. When they saw all the evidences, now you cannot talk about it mm-hmm. because this person is an imam. And uh, you know what I told uh, this sister? I said, the one who's spreading, and they use this ayah specifically. I said, the one who's spreading ugliness in the community, society, is not you. The person who is abusing you. Mm-hmm. And we are flipping. It's so sad. That it's yeah. a, what do you call it? Flip the script. Sadist, sadistic. 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 Yeah. Um, to change the oppressor from being oppressed to being victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happens every single about time? Exactly. Yeah. It, it now, you know, what happens is that you know, this person is all of a sudden, wallahi, the sister is struggling. Yeah. And nobody wants to support her from her own family right. because of the status of this person. Yeah. Mm. But it happens a lot, though. It does happen a lot. And long time. Right. And I feel like it's even worse on women because like when it's, and we were talking about this in our, I think it was like the first episode mm-hmm. where we were saying when a sister comes out to like someone in the masjid and tells mm-hmm. them like, hey, the imam did this or something, it's automatically like shunned down, don't yep. talk about it, yep. don't whatever. And so now that 
you know, I mean, alhamdulillah, we're talking about it and other people are starting to talk about it. Now all of a sudden it's a problem or like, don't talk about it. You're giving like a bad stigma about Islam. No, like these are issues. If somebody's being oppressed, absolutely 100% talk about it. Yes. And I feel like with a lot of imams, and I mean, you can jump in. I feel like a lot of times Muslims, because we put imams on this pedestal, Mm -hmm. don't ask questions. I'm asking questions. And if it does not sound right, I'm definitely going to go and verify it. I need to, and that's what I tell people, like verify the sources just because an imam came from overseas or whatever. Let me see your credentials because I don't know if you paid for it overseas and just got a piece of paper, you know? So I always tell people like, make sure that you verify the resources and just because he's an imam is not qualify for whatever he's saying. Yeah. Back it up. Is it in the hadith? Is it in the sunnah? Yes. Is it in the Quran? Okay, and then you could be like, okay, maybe he was correct. But I just feel like we have that stigma with Muslims don't talk mm-hmm. about it, especially if you're a girl, mm-hmm. because now, oh my God, everyone, you're bringing stigma down on our family and oh, all that yeah, stuff. No, what if it was reversed? Yeah, but that's exactly. what I just feel yes, like. Absolutely. It's never, it's never the the guy is never to blame. You can't yeah. put the blame on the guy. It's always on the sister. So let me uh, um, about you know I. I uh, I believe, you know, when you go to, you choose a doctor, you choose a doctor based on their credentials. Yeah, right. You choose a doctor based on their um, maybe performance, their feedback about even the carpenter. I'm not looking down at the carpenter, but the smallest thing you look for the professional one. Mm-hmm. When it comes to your religion, you go just to everyone right. just because the way they look like yeah. or because they claim to be. Um and please, please, and this is one thing. I'm not saying this because I have credentials. Mm-hmm. I, wallahi, I just worried about the religion. I worried yeah. about uh, the future of our youth, our sister, or, or even our brothers sometimes. Absolutely. When you go to, the, and I would like to use this one to differentiate between imam and a scholar, okay? Mm. Imam simply means leader, okay. someone who leads. Yep. Um, scholar is someone who has training. Mm. We... In the Muslim community, we water down the religion unintentionally, of course, to where if we see someone who gave amazing khutbah, immediately we are lining up to ask them the religious questions. Mm-hmm. You know what we do to get khutbah? We go and read and read, get ready, and then give and deliver it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, everyone can do it. You can't. That, so I think this is uh, there's several re- reasons for that. One, I don't think we empower our Muslim youth to take ownership of yes. their relationship with Allah. Yes. Yes. We don't empower them to go seek resources or even how to make sure that it's like it's Valid. credible. We talk about credible. What does that mean? Yes. Right? Like people say there's a chain of like, yep. scholars exactly. to follow and it can't mm-hmm. be broken. Yep. Where am I supposed to find this chain at? I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know where that is. Yep. Or the people talk about having ijazas. I don't yes. know what, where are they getting that? Who's doing that? Like, I think these are questions that a lot of our youth don't even know Struggle. to ask right. or don't even know how to look into that. So I'll tell you this. Anyone who you ask, I'm not saying always credential means knowledge, yeah. mm-hmm. but more than likely it means. Yeah. Um, don't get your fatwa or religious question from anyone who does not have at least at least a bachelor in Islamic studies and Sharia. Mm-hmm. This is the minimum. Yeah. You. Okay, let me go back first. Islam yeah. is not monopolized. Yeah. Again, this is the third time I say it. Yes. Anyone can, can go and research. Alhamdulillah, we have a lot of opportunities to research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gives you an opportunity to verify mm-hmm. whatever you hear from an imam or a sheikh or something. Yeah. But also know who you get your religion from. Mm-hmm. You know, get you get know who you you get your fatwa from. Um, somebody told me uh, uh, he wanted to join the Air Force. Mm-hmm. One of my friends. And uh, he went and asked one of his friends, told him it's haram to join the Air Force. And uh, 
then that person went and asked another. Uh, he's, he wasn't sheikh or anything. He's kind of has good, beautiful voice mm-hmm. uh, in reading the Quran. Then that person went and asked the Imam, the Imam told him it's haram. To, until today, this friend is regretting mm-hmm. because he didn't make the choice to join. He knew he was qualified. Mm-hmm. So, to me, you know, this kind of foot was mm-hmm. where are they coming from? <laughs> where are they coming from? I feel like it's cultural. Google University. It's, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Or more it. cultural. I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. it, people mixing the culture and then trying to tie mm-hmm. religion into it. And so then. You're getting abused by the cultural thing, and then they're trying yes. to throw Islam into it. Those to are two different things, the culture, yeah. right? And it's so definitely two different. Here, what it is: uh, always separate culture and religion, mm-hmm. just like you separate between what well, oil and water, mm-hmm. because they should. You, Islam appreciate culture, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Islam appreciate your culture, your culture. Even the way, for instance, you know, uh, how uh, the household is managing marriage, mm-hmm. Allah didn't go into micromanaging, left it for the culture to mm-hmm. dictate. Mm-hmm. The, Allah asked the sisters to to dress, to clothes. He didn't tell us what color is it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Middle Eastern one, exactly. nor does it have to be African one. Uh, the same thing for men dress, right? Well, I was, uh, I know, sorry, let's tell another story. I was in Cincinnati. And suddenly, for a group of imams, this young girl, I think she's six, seven years old, she starts counting. Too many imams. And then she looked at me, You're not imam, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm imam. Mm-hmm. She said, No, no, you're not imam. So, mm-hmm. what makes you think I'm not imam? It's because you're not dressed like an imam. Oh. <laughs> to me, yeah. that's a t- disturbing. I wasn't offended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was innocent. Yeah. Right. And even if you tell me now, that's why I still dress like this. Yeah, absolutely. Are we summarizing the imamship in the way we dress? Yeah. And <laughs> that's exactly the, the one of the first rules against imama. Mm-hmm. The imam should be just like ordinary lay person. The Prophet used to dress the same dress that Abu Jahl used to dress. Yeah. He used to eat the same type of food, of course, avoid the haram. So the, the cultural aspect is a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Culture is not terrible. Mixing it with religion is terrible mm-hmm. because Islam is a global religion, mm-hmm. but our cultures are not global cultures. Absolutely. So if you mix Islam and the culture, you are removing the aspect of globality from Islam. Mm-hmm. Then you are localizing Islam, tribalizing Islam. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why many times the converts are victims. They come accept Islam. We want to change their names. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to change their names. Absolutely. There is nothing we call Muslim name. Yeah. Right. There are preferred names in Islam. But there is nothing we call Muslim name. Yeah. They, they have to change the way they dress. They have to even ask them to, to change with the way they eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, you like mac and cheese, you should continue eating mac and cheese. Right. You don't have to eat biryani or kebsa <laughs> for you to be a full Muslim. That's so crazy. it's very important for us to, people, and that's why I encourage people not to look down at them, but please educate yourself about Islam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let Islam get hijacked by certain people. And the, one of the main reasons is because we don't know too much about Islam. That's why they get hijacked. To answer again, the last the question is, how do you verify? At least the person has to have bachelor mm-hmm. in Sharia, mm-hmm. Islamic studies. Uh, I was I would require a master. I have masters in Sharia, mm-hmm. and uh, my my goal is honestly to make sure no one gives. You can practice Islam the way, inshallah. You don't have to have a degree, yeah. but anyone who accepts to take a position of an imam. And I wanted to enforce this hopefully nationally mm-hmm. to make sure people are verified. You have to do background check. Yeah, absolutely. 
I actually accepted to do background check on me when I accepted the position of imam. Mm -hmm. And I told, you know, and this is a probably, it wasn't public information, but I will make it public. The board didn't even ask me for a credential. Mm. I still sent all my credentials. And uh, may Allah bless and reward yes. And, you know, he said, this is amazing practice. Let's do it from now on. Uh, we did public sessions where I got asked about critical issues. Mm -hmm. You know, I personally think that's the way every imam should be. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not making myself an example of imams. No, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm talking about process. So sisters need to have opportunity to come and ask this person who's candidate for imam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, youth have uh, should have opportunity to come and ask the, every question. Yes. Mm -hmm. And please don't afraid. Don't be afraid to ask your whoever that is imam or so. What is your credential? You have to have, like I said, either academic mm -hmm. or so for the Quran. We, of course, you know, it's recommended highly to have ijazah that is connected to the Prophet ﷺ, oh, um, which most people don't have it. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's not easy to get, but, you know, we look for the tajweed if the recitation is good. But please, again, distinguish between someone whose voice is beautiful and mm. someone who's sheikh. Yes. They can lead the, yes. lead the prayer, they can memorize the whole Quran. Yeah, but they know what you're saying. Yeah, and people think that, khalas, they're it. No, you have to have Sharia. You know, Sharia is the jurisprudence of understanding the reality of the environment that you're in yeah. and not only understanding the text, but understanding the context. If you only, like they said, they said text without context is pretext. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So just coming and memorizing the Quran and you speak Arabic really well doesn't qualify you to be a sheikh. Yeah. Sure it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, we had an incident where, uh, I don't want to mention any details, but uh, person is memorized Quran and everything and uh, when start talk about the children start talking about women and uh, I really think we should we should condemn this because women are not the only responsible to take care of their children mm -hmm. speak into the microphone please <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I, I personally thought that's misogynistic, misogynistic. Mm -hmm. it is uh, you we should say parents should take care of their children yeah. so your words should be carefully chosen Yes. Uh, the education of children is never only moms. Yes. So uh, it's very important to not only have the Quran, but have also the wisdom and saying the right thing at the right time and the right moment. Okay, so we talked a lot about just like what spiritual abuse is, how we can protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I, I think one of my questions that I have for you is like, what are some of the effects you've seen of this spiritual abuse like on the individual and then on the community in general? Like how is it mm -hmm. manifested from... Mm -hmm the individual themselves and then how is that affecting the larger muslim community um individually uh it got as far as someone who uh completed suicide mm -hmm. uh, because of uh, many things but in addition uh, mainly it started by uh spiritual abuse by scholar imam or so mm -hmm. and then the person ended up by dying uh mm -hmm. took their own life uh beside that this is extreme uh I, the good thing in the Muslim community, uh, suicide, one thing that prevents people from uh, uh, com completing or committing suicide is the worry about the akhir, mm -hmm. which is really a good thing, mm -hmm. as because we want to preserve every single life. Yeah. But at the same time, the problem is that, you know, it, is, it will stay under the pressure and people will not notice. Mm -hmm. I'm very blessed as an imam, and I think 60% of my time goes toward counseling and, and, a, and a community service. Mm -hmm. 
and most of it is individual cases. Yeah. Uh, I personally respect privacy so much to where I even put codes or not really, I don't even, even on my calendar and make sure that it's really not nothing revealing mm -hmm. uh, because it's, it's, it's traumatic. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a young man who said, I really don't want to get married. He said, why you don't want to get married? said because the the way my father treated my mom mm. Mm. Uh, the psychological effect and I talk a lot to the youth mm -hmm. the psychological effect on the youth is really tremendous the parents only I, I, I have no problem being a little bit you know uh, vulnerable okay uh, my father I've, I, I saw only one time my father is arguing with my mom mm. I never forgot at that moment. Only one time. Once. And it was even big thing. And now I start thinking about that. You know, no parents should ever, ever argue or disagree in front of their children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it will have long-lasting impact on the child. And that's why this is a promise. You know, my wife, we can get angry as much as we want, but at no point we should make it obvious where the children, we don't have children yet, but where the children would actually experience this. Uh, I really want the parents to not, not to be selfish, to be mindful enough to solve their issues as adults. Uh, to the victim of uh, of abuse, actually, I had uh, a couple situations where man was the victim mm -hmm. of abuse, um, even though the prevailing is uh, sisters. So it doesn't matter who the victim is. Yeah. Here we are fighting for a concept. We're fighting for justice. Mm -hmm. It's not like feminism. To those who think that this is like a feminism movement in the Muslim community or something, let them chill, okay? okay. <laughs> Seriously, you should chill. If if telling the truth mm -hmm. makes you, uh, you know, categorizing in, in a group, then, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So we are here to, to tell the truth. We are here to fight for justice. You know, it doesn't make sense to fight for George Floyd and you are the more worst tyrant in your house. Mm -hmm. uh, so the the... the the victim to the victim, it's very hard to say this to the victim of abuse because they're already, they already lost their self-esteem. They lost everything. That's why uh, if there is any hope in them, I will tell them, get up, dust yourself off, free yourself up. Mm -hmm. Don't, this is, this is your husband or your wife. He's, they're not, they didn't give birth to you. Mm -hmm. If the child is the, uh, the victim of abuse, uh, honestly, I encourage, like, if this podcast is online, uh, I really think people need to po send, uh, you know, uh, anonymous message. Mm -hmm. uh, like the mental health one, mm -hmm. you know, people need to have a way to send a message. Mm -hmm. uh, I receive a lot of messages on my Instagram, for instance, um, and that's the best way for me to reach out to the youth, yeah. whether sisters or, or brothers. Uh, unfortunately, I will be honest with you. It was so it's so much where I could not keep up anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, my time goes on solving issues. Yeah. I'm not doing well in proactively mm -hmm. stopping the problem. Mm -hmm. So the service you are doing is creating awareness, and inshallah, hopefully being proactive. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is stopping the bleeding mm -hmm. temporarily, mm -hmm. just putting band aid. Uh, or I will be solving one case, but there are other hundred cases waiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Each one of them actually take tens of hours, Allah. Yeah, absolutely. Because either you try to fix the relationship mm -hmm. and keep the family, mm -hmm. if it 
get to where you know it is at the expense of at the expense of the well-being of one of the parties i will tell them let's end this marriage mm-hmm. yeah. i never want to end any marriage i really don't want to yeah. but i would rather 1000 time freeing someone from being spiritually enslaved mm-hmm. or religiously enslaved than just keeping a picture of marriage yeah. you know in 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 the muslim community divorce is a stigma mm-hmm. no it's not a stigma mm-hmm. allah azza wa jalla says in the quran if they if they divorce they separate their way every one of them allah will provide them the best in their way mm. so we have this culture of oh we wanted to protect the marriage so accept this yeah. we kept telling and most of the time the sisters yeah. we tell them no please go be patient with your husband this is your husband yeah. he's not your master okay yeah he's not Yep. You know, it's not. That's the one. So you can't tell if a sister comes to your parents, please. If a sister comes to you, and they're complaining about their husband, look into it. Mm-hmm. I was I was called to a domestic uh, violence case. Allah will never expose you from the first time. Mm-hmm. He will not. If he exposes you, that means you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. This person, he's uh, known in the community to be a very religious person, and. Uh, I was called and I didn't know him personally before. Mm-hmm. I was getting off call on that day of duty and then uh, they told me please come this person got arrested so for what? For domestic violence. And I went to the house. I started talking to the wife. It really shatters your heart into pieces. Mm-hmm. Again, he beats up his wife in front of the children. Mm. Until actually the wife would run out of the house trying to save herself from her being beaten by the husband. Okay. And he got arrested, charged. I met the wife and we talked for a long time. I said, look, of course I wanted to maintain this marriage, but not at the expense of your, your well-being. Mm-hmm. He's in jail. Uh, we'll see when he comes out what change will happen. Mm-hmm. Because after this, you earn your freedom. If he start being abusive after this, you know, people say don't call 911, right? No, call 911. Call 911. Yeah. 1%. Wallahi, if the person is, is the person's habit is beating the person's up, yeah. of course you have to call. Yes. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never at no point he hit anyone. Even women. Yes, people use there is a verse in use uh, they use in the Quran and I would really like to get time inshallah to talk about that mm-hmm. in a maybe episode. Mm-hmm. about that because that's where uh, honestly many times uh, the, the religious abuse abuse will come yeah. but the prophet sallallahu tells us khairukum khairukum li ahlihi wa khairukum li ahlihi the best among you is the best to their spouses and i'm the best to my spouses Was the household of the prophet sallallahu alaihi perfect house no mm-hmm. there are sometimes arguments there are sometimes physical altercation in the house yeah. yet the prophet sallallahu mm-hmm. was you know able to treat every one of them with kind and this kindness and this uh, with respect yeah. and he never yelled at anyone yeah. and now you are telling me you can hit someone mm-hmm. and then you are following the sunnah of the prophet what kind of sunnah is this yeah. um so uh, anyways if the person uh, you know abuse unfortunately it's disease mm-hmm. um uh, the person i told him sometimes go and seek for help mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you are mentally ill, uh, what is it called? This uh, uh, 
narcissistic personality. Narcissist. Yeah, uh, it requires uh, honestly. I really think it requires a healthcare intervention. Yeah, it's not. I'm not trying to insult anyone or anything, but if you are to that degree where you you unhumanize your family, mm-hmm. you know, then you should have it. You should get treatment. Yeah. and uh, the victim of abuse, please feel free to get your right. It doesn't matter how is it. Um, I really think that one of the best ways is to build a support system. Uh, build a support system in the Muslim community mm-hmm. where a group of sisters and brothers who are against domestic violence, for instance, mm-hmm. against abuse, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, we should actually help our sisters or brothers who are victim of abuse. Yes. Um, what happens many times uh, when DCS comes and get the children, right? Mm-hmm. And this is something that we start practicing uh, now, uh, that anytime there is a Muslim family where DCS is involved, as a chaplain, I should be involved mm-hmm. uh, in order to make sure we are giving the best option to the family mm-hmm. after an incident that happened. So uh, we, don't, we don't have to let DCS handle our situation. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have to work with the law, and I really think we should present a, a solution with the the civic community mm-hmm. we have resources outside of the community mm-hmm. let's work with them and have islamic islamic uh, solution mm-hmm. when we're our sisters who are victim of abuse we will provide them with something a good alternative uh, here in indianapolis we don't even have a muslim shelter now mm-hmm. we have to get you know alhamdulillah and i know this is not saying to brag about it but i'm really grateful to the imca because Anytime there is a sister who's a, a, a victim of a domestic violence or a child or so, the, the board gave me unconditional support to go and get them a hotel so that they can stay in until we find them something. Mm-hmm. That is a very temporary solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if somebody is abused, they need to get out of that environment as soon as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please don't try to keep somebody's peace at the expense of another person's peace. Yes. Please don't. Yes. So we've talked a lot now about, like, um, you know, the abuse and then actually following with them and, like, education and educating mm-hmm. yourselves. So my question to you now is, how can someone then differentiate between following Islam and then recognizing that abuse? <laughs> so, for example, in Islam, we say things like, you know, Jannah is at your mother's feet. Like, mm-hmm. you have to obey your parents. Mm-hmm. But then how do you obey your parents but not accept abuse? Like, mm. how can you make that differentiation? The line is very fine, um, uh, but there is a clear distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, what does disobedience mean? Allah Azza says in the Quran, for instance, وَإِنْ جَاهَدَكَ عَلَىٰ أَن تُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٌ فَلَا تُطَعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا If your parents ever, ever ask you to make a shirk, and shirk is an example, is not the only thing. Mm-hmm. It's an example of asking you to do things that are not required by religion. So, uh, Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned an example like shirk. Mm-hmm. So, anything that is not, so if they ask you to pray, for instance, you have to pray. Um, if they ask you, you know, to read Quran, expectation is to read Quran. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be kind, you, you, the expectation is to be kind. Now, when it comes to your personal life, especially when you get to the age of maturity, mm-hmm. you can make your own choices. The fact that you don't follow your parents' choices, it doesn't make you disobedient. Um, and that's why you can, di- you can disagree respectfully. Mm-hmm. 
You shouldn't be yelling at your parents. That's why Allah says, Say a gentle thing. The gentle thing, you can send the strongest message in a nice way. You know, uh, this doesn't work for me. Allah is not asking you to follow everything they tell you. Mm -hmm. You are not following every. Allah is not asking you to follow everything He tells you. Mm -hmm. Let alone what somebody else tells you. That's why the Prophet says, If I tell you don't do something, stay away from it. But if I order you to do something, do whatever you can. Allah will not make anyone to carry burden more than what they can. These religious texts prevail the order of obeying your parents. Because these are general rules. Is it in your ability? Is it reasonable? And reasoning is not is very subjective. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell me something that is reasonable for me. I need to tell you that. Mm -hmm. So, a, a very good example, arranged marriages. Mm -hmm. That's a great example. Um, and I have fight. I had actually multiple fights with parents in the community about this matter. Mm -hmm. um, the sisters first, because they are the biggest victim of arranged marriages. Mm -hmm. They will go and get someone who you never met. You never know anything about them. Mm -hmm. And they want you to get married to them. Look, you have choice to say no. Because you're not the one who living... The parents are not the one who living with this man mm -hmm. or this sister. It, it, it is you. So you have to have a choice. Mm -hmm. Actually, a girl came to the Prophet ﷺ. Didn't tell the Prophet ﷺ. Her father forced him into a marriage. And... Uh, she refused, and she came to the Prophet. The Prophet said, "What's going on?" She said, "My my my father forcing me into marrying someone to achieve his own desires or personal interests." Mm -hmm. The Prophet said, "Look, go and decide now. You either choose or you reject. If you reject this man, I will approve it." Mm -hmm. You know what? This uh, I will tell her. I think she was the first activist ever. <laughs> she she said, "No, I will accept what my father, whoever my father chose for me." But I wanted to let everyone know that the the girls have choices, mm -hmm. and uh, and she accepted. But she taught a lesson, mm -hmm. and that lesson serves throughout the history. That's why the Prophet ﷺ says, "Al Bikru to then wa ithnuha sumatuha was to If it comes to marrying um, marriage. The someone who never got married before, the parents have to ask her for permission to step them. Mm -hmm. So you cannot marry, force someone, your daughter to marry someone who she doesn't like mm -hmm. or she doesn't love. And the same thing for men. You cannot force your, your child to marry someone who they, they don't like. Yeah. Uh, and then if the person was married before, divorced or widow, they actually decide who they get married to. Mm -hmm. And even as a, a bicker, you have right to choose. Yeah. Now, what happens in America, uh, we let our kids, our kids did not choose to be here. They didn't choose to be born here. Mm -hmm. They didn't choose to be raised here. Mm -hmm. So you cannot force them to be raised like you raised them in Chad, for instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You cannot force them to be raised like they were in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You chose this environment for them. Therefore, you have to adapt to it. Yeah. We're not saying give up, giving up on our principles, mm -hmm. but it's very important for us. If you send your daughter to college or your son to college, they see someone who they love. They meet the two criteria, uh, you know, if iman and uh, manners. To me, manner is is sometimes even more important. To be honest with you, I'm not saying get married to someone who's not Muslim, but uh, yes, Muslim. But manners is important. Mm -hmm. Islam does not make the person the right person. Mm -hmm. If you they find the right person, please bless the marriage. Yeah. Don't don't let us go through the headache. 
-hmm. drag down the whole community. And subhanAllah, many times, you know, we, the community wanted to say, oh, no, no, please go ahead and do it because you wanted to keep the peace. Um, this is keeping the status quo, it's not keeping the peace. So, uh, uh, distinguishing is, if there is, the, you have a desire, mm -hmm. and that desire is consistent with Allah Azza wa Jalla's teaching, is nothing haram, mm -hmm. then it's your choice. Okay. The household, you know, I always ask people, you know, uh, family to work together, you know. Father should be washing dishes here, mom cooking here, Absolutely. you know, children cleaning here. Yeah. It's all the Prophet kind of he was in the service of his family. So now the decision making is very important. Many times we think the decision should be made by one person. Yes, Islam gives actually men have guardian or responsibility over women. Mm -hmm. That is not a privilege, it is responsibility. Mm -hmm. But that responsibility should not be exercised outside of the concept of shura which is consulting one another. Mm -hmm. You cannot say I'm the commander-in-chief. You're not the commander-in-chief. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's very, uh, I would tell people, if you can keep the peace not at the expense of your well-being, your mental well-being and spiritual well-being, keep the peace. Yeah. But if it is costing you, Allah, I received a message from uh, a sister who's saying, I really hate to lose my religion. So end this marriage. You know, Yes, we have to. If we have to choose, she has to choose a religion. Let's end this marriage. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's not uh, this obedience doesn't mean following blindly or the desires. Uh, disobeying culture is not considered to be disobeying your parents. Yeah. Uh, okay. Only if it is religious matter. So for those that have faced, like I think at this point every Muslim has faced spiritual mm -hmm. religious mm -hmm. abuse mm -hmm. in their journey towards Islam, like how would you say that someone will? And you can share, you can jump into Dr. Okay. Firdos. Like, how should someone start to rebuild their relationship with Allah? Because okay. I know, like, for me right. personally, mm -hmm. a lot of my rebuilding my relationship with Allah actually came from outside of the Muslim community because it was to the point where it's just like, I don't, I don't trust what I'm hearing right. because it's been so, it's been so Shut negative. Down. It's so focused on the hellfire. Like, I just like, I can't mm -hmm. even hear something without getting so fearful that I can't understand the message. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a Christian Pakistani man, which I was so like, funny. I didn't know there were Christians in Pakistan. Yeah, I was so shocked. But very, very rare, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I was so shocked. But he told me one day, he was just like, if um, if God wanted you to be perfect, he would have made you an angel. Yep. At that point, literally, it was like exactly a, a burden was lifted off of me. I was like, God does not make mistakes, but humans make mistakes. Yes. And he made me as a human. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I accepted myself. So I think for me, the number one thing is to forgive yourself yes. and then reframe how you think about Allah. Absolutely. Now, I was just going to say, for me personally, I feel like with Islam, a lot of, like we're taught at a young age that you just learn Islam from the Imam. And so I feel like for me, the way that my parents taught us is that Islam, take it as a journey for yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And the journey through yourself, you have to find yourself yep. in order to be able to reflect on yourself. Absolutely. And then when you reflect on yourself, you're going to find a lot in that journey. And so I feel Absolutely. like when you are able to do that and distinguish that, nothing or nobody that says anything outside of that is not going to phase you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, like, for me, I just be like, mm, that doesn't sound correct to me. Let me just, let me go back and reflect back on right, it right. kind of a thing. So yeah. I just feel like Islam is more of a journey for yourself. And once you find that journey for mm -hmm. yourself. And, and everybody have their own journey towards yeah. Islam. Um, some people, it's sad, but Allah never makes mistakes. Uh, some people find their Islam 
through a very harsh journey. Mm-hmm. But they are the strongest people. Mm-hmm. Seriously. There are people who they have easy ride, but trust me, when they face smallest difficulty, probably they will leave Islam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, uh, and again, this is, it's, go- it's going to be our fault uh, mm-hmm. because uh, we use Islam to treat people that way. Yep. However, one thing that uh, I advise everyone to, to please um, accept is no one represents Islam. Mm-hmm. No one represents Islam. The one yeah. who represents Islam was the Prophet mm-hmm. He passed away. Speak on it. He left the Quran. Yes. Mm. So if, you know, uh, there was a kid who he refused to pray. Mm-hmm. After he grew, he grew up. And why you don't pray? He said, because I hated prayer. He said, why? He said, especially Salat al-Fajr, because every time my father wakes me up, he kicks me or mm. he put water on my face. Okay. So he just abandoned Salat. Mm. There was an individual who had memorized the Quran. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, he become the worst enemy to his father. Mm. And the sad part, father like, I made you. And using this mm-hmm. as a tool mm-hmm. to... Now, the, the person wouldn't even appreciate the Qur'an they had memorized. Mm-hmm. So, we have to be very careful because we're creating... We're letting people leave Islam. Yeah. That's why Ali, says, People deal people a proportionate way to their level of understanding, to their level of... Yeah. You know, we have to be considered to a lot of things. Yeah. Other than that, if we don't do that, we'll let people deny Islam, deny Allah and His messengers. Mm-hmm. So, everyone who's listening, I will tell you, please make sure your relationship directly with Allah. Mm-hmm. Allah is the one who created you, and He is the one who controls your faith. These people, whether the person is parent, they are valuable people who Allah put in your life to celebrate. But if they are being reason for you, to for your life to turn into hell... Mm-hmm. Turn to Allah, to the heavens of Allah, mm-hmm. and abandon that turning, whatever turn your life into hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's okay to question. It's it's okay to question. Allah never wants us to be sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allah wants us to reflect. That's why He condemned the disbelievers of Mecca because they said, "Inna wajadna abaa ala ummatin wa inna ala atharin muqtadun." When the Prophet Allah came with Islam, they said, "Oh, we found our our fathers or our four poor parents mm-hmm. worshipping these idols and we will follow their path. You know, Allah Azza wa Jalla, that's the first thing he condemned. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, you know, you, you uh, and you see in the Quran multiple afala yatafakkarun, afala yatadabbarun, afala yaqilun, awlaw kana abauhum fi dalali mubin. Don't follow things just because you saw your parents doing something. Mm-hmm. Then there's no difference between us and the mushrikin of Mecca. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we have to, Allah gave us this intellect to, in order to be independent. Yes, we will not be independent from Allah. We depend only on Allah. Yes. And that is a true freedom. Yes. The true freedom mm-hmm. is that believing that Allah, the slave to all, being slave, a servant to Allah, that means you are free from the slavery to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So the freedom, people accepted Islam, the Sahaba, and not because of Salah and fasting, because of the equity in Islam, the justice in Islam, because how Islam asks people to treat one another. Mm-hmm. If we are using this beautiful religion to mistreat you, I will tell the victims, this is not Islam. Yeah. It is these people. Yeah. So religion can make good people better, yeah. and it makes bad people worse. Absolutely. 
so now that we're talking more about the solution oriented part like we want to humanize you as your role as an imam mm-hmm. as well as a first responder so we understand that like you can't solve all the community problems mm-hmm. we shouldn't have that burden placed on you or that expectation of you mm-hmm. so i think like one thing that could you make clear to us is like what exactly is the role of an imam in the community you choose obviously because uh, in america i when i met with uh, uh, uh brother es mm-hmm. he was then the president of the board and currently the president of the board as well alhamdulillah he when we start talking about the offer and the job description and all these things after i refused for almost two years I told him, I don't want to be the imam who will be confined in the masjid for five prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone can do that. Uh, I personally would like to be the imam who represent the Muslim community, serve the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my definition of the imam goes beyond the masjid. Mm-hmm. I really believe if you cannot come to the masjid, we should bring the masjid to you. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know, we Our goal as Muslims is to change the world in a positive way, impact the world. You can never impact the world by sitting in the masjid. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a sister who's a victim of domestic violence would not come to the masjid, could not come to the masjid. Mm-hmm. A child who's suffering from you know, do, domestic violence or abuse, they, they don't come to the masjid. They actually would hate the Muslim masjid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the role of the imam was exactly the role of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi um, He was an imam, he led the prayers, but at the same time he was a person who listened to everyone. He would he had uh, extreme emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. He didn't wait until things go out of hand. He would anticipate things. Mm-hmm. And one of the best parts of my job is the service part. There is no better day that goes by than a day that I was able to make you know, somebody's life better. It doesn't matter anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think that's the role of every imam. Uh, okay. The imam should be the person who is willing to listen you will hear a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't be judgmental. Mm-hmm. You definitely should not because that's one of the things that turns people away. If you start talking to someone, uh, when I was talking to the kids, I had a situation where people confess about killing someone, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when I said, share this with the kids, the youth, so how your face was, mm-hmm. that's the first question. Mm-hmm. That to me shows me how intelligent these kids are. So if I make my face certain way, if somebody comes and tells me, then that that will automatically shut the person down. Mm-hmm. I told them I was neutral. The first thing I worry about that person is how how are you doing mentally? Are you safe first? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Are you face? Are you safe? Are you how are you? Doing? You can't kill someone and be mentally okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure they're mentally well. And uh, the third thing now we can talk about the aspect of repentance and redemption, mm-hmm. and give hope. Uh, that specific individual, he actually accepted to turn himself in. Mm-hmm. And I was going to facilitate that, but he passed away two days before. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is a sign that Allah accepted his tawbah. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. repented, and there is no thing worse than killing someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, I really think as an imam, you shouldn't, when you hear, and I say this in public, I have client, uh, uh, like the clergy client, uh, privilege. Um, I have to come protect the confidentiality of this person mm-hmm. and uh, I know I'm not going to share the information of this person with anyone if, including even though I'm law enforcement chaplain right. mm-hmm. I have that privilege and uh, I think people need to trust the imam mm-hmm. to where 
they can open their heart up because, and I use this example a lot when uh, this Sahabi came to the Prophet a young Sahabi, said, Prophet give me permission to go and commit uh, fornication. Imagine who is who could come to an imam today and say, oh, I wanted to go and commit fornication. Mm. This is the level of trust that mm -hmm. they built with the Prophet He didn't vilify him or anything. Uh, you guys all know the story of the man come, who come and urinate in the masjid of the Prophet mm -hmm. He didn't judge them. He let them finish. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these are qualities our, I think, Muslim American facing unique type of challenges. Mm -hmm. If you bring an imam, they better understand the challenges of people. Because mm -hmm. if you just copy someone from overseas and paste them in America, mm -hmm. literally it looks like you're trying to build snowmen in the Sahara Desert. Mm -hmm. It will melt in no minute. Yeah. That's why they will come to America and they will, the imams are living in orbit and the community is, struggle, is struggling in totally different orbit. Mm -hmm. There is no connection. Mm -hmm. right. So being able to resonate is very important. And last but not least, humility. Mm -hmm. I really think um, if the imam at any point thinks that he's better than anyone, trust me, uh, he's, he's losing the moral compass. Mm -hmm. Because you, 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 should you always should think you are the worst. Wallahi. They're mm -hmm. not... Not because, you know, you are the worst necessarily, but you never know what is between these people and Allah, right? Mm -hmm. So don't use your title to feel like you are privileged. No, you are not privileged. Mm -hmm. uh, no, nobody's above being advised. The Absolutely. Prophet ﷺ says, Adil al the religion is advice. Mm -hmm. um, for who? For Allah, for, Muhammad, for the Prophet ﷺ, and for the Imams. So the Imam should be willing to accept criticism, should be accept to... Uh, I'm not saying disrespect them, but they should be hearing the truth. Mm -hmm. So, please be compassionate yeah. <laughs> as an imam. Look out for those who are vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, don't, please try to keep the status quo. Uh, one, one thing that Islam came to change is the status quo. So, uh, don't normalize, don't keep the general peace of the community mm -hmm. at the expense of one family or one individual. Right. That individual matter too. Uh, just because the community looks outside peaceful, it doesn't mean it's not burning from inside. Mm. We have volcanoes, and it will erupt. So let's try to extinguish the fire before it erupts. And like, as you're, you know, you are the leader in our community mm. for the past couple of years, and like mm. you said, you're part of the IMPD. Mm. I think one thing that people are having a misconception about is that, you know, India, in Indianapolis, we've had several imams that are constantly accused of abuse. Mm. And I think part of, the frustration is that what people might say is like, why aren't these other imams doing anything about it? Right. That does like, I understand what they're saying, but I think that also puts you in an unfair position because you know, you can't control what somebody else says. So I guess like for you in those scenarios mm -hmm. where those people might be coming to you, like yes. what is your protocol for them? And also like, uh, just from your perspective, what are some difficulties that we may not be considering as community members? Excellent. I will tell you one thing. I promise you in front of Allah that if a sister comes to me and she brings the evidences mm -hmm. and tell me, or a sister or anyone who's oppressed, mm -hmm. uh, bring present to me an evidences, evidences, because in Islam we have to have evidences, right? Mm -hmm. If we have evidences and we just brush it under the rug, I ask Allah to protect me from that. Mm -hmm. But I will bear witness in front of Allah that Anyone who's abused by anyone, it doesn't matter. I'm not here uh, targeting, you know, 
imams or anyone. I, I really, I just hate abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who it comes from. Yeah. And Wallahi will tell the truth. And uh, and I'll say this to whoever is victim of abuse, it doesn't matter who commits it. Mm-hmm. Let's come, mm-hmm. sit down and talk, and have a plan. Mm-hmm. Look, being silent, Wallahi, I, my heart goes out to, to the victims of abuse because mm-hmm. it's total destruction. Yeah. And we have people leaving Islam because of this, right? Uh, we cannot afford protecting one person's image at the expense of the well-being of someone. Absolutely. And uh, to me, I think the first step I would really suggest is like what you already are doing, the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I think, should be... Uh, I'm not saying to, to tell you what to do, but I think we need to have some sort of 501c3 nonprofit organization mm-hmm. that advocate for the victims, uh, where it should be totally separate and independent from any masjid. Mm-hmm. I personally would like to support personally and as an imam of mm-hmm. IMCA and work with the national initiatives uh, that, uh, like the one you are talking I think there was a situation where I referred actually someone to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an imam who was very abusive uh, and uh, the alhamdulillah actually the situation got handled very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use the platform, national platform for the imams. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to do that. But I had to because he, he didn't have only one victim or two. He had three victims. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to do something to stop. And that's why I really appreciate Imam Majid who stood up with me and supported me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we put stop for that. Uh, so they are not rehirable anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, when uh, the imam, because we have two types of imam. We have Imam who's an employee, mm-hmm. and then we have Imam who's an owner. Mm-hmm. And the Imam who's an employee, we definitely have more leverage on them because we can talk to the boards and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Imams, and this is a very honest conversation, mm-hmm. the Imams who own their masjid, the, the masjid is not owned by anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is they build around themselves a surrogate mm-hmm. to where, you know, it's look, it looks like Literally, you know, you talk something negative about them, it looks like you're being kafir automatically. Yeah. And they try to cult. vilify cult, your image, yeah. but we should fight the fight. Yeah. Really. And, yeah, and I'm ready. And I'm very supportive, really. I'm very supportive of any sister or anyone, actually, mm-hmm. who yeah. comes and says an imam. And I will hold myself to the highest standard possible. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm, I will not make mistakes. I may make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I need to know that when I make mistakes, it's time for me to pack my stuff and leave. Yeah. Uh, so it's very important for us to have an organized voice mm-hmm. and a, a really education in the community. Yeah. Well, let's even have once a month meeting yeah. and educate the community about their rights. Yeah. And, and that actually will hold these people accountable. Yeah. But I will never brush anyone who comes to me as a victim of uh, oppression and I will accept the case. Right. And I feel and, like it's... And I hope you will hold me to it. Absolutely, yes. we are yes. absolutely. I'm about to go undercover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, please hold, <laughs> hold <laughs> seriously. Hold <laughs> me to it. Yes. Hold me to it, and because I really, I'd rather better to be asked in this dunya and solve it than being asked in front of Allah. Absolutely, right. What yeah. did you do about this situation mm-hmm. when it came to you? We cannot remove the person. We cannot jail the person, but we should definitely create um, a good noise. Yeah. A so, positive noise. So my question is, um, I just feel like when we started this podcast, we've had a lot of sisters come with evidence that they have. And so when they are going to their leaders and showing them, it's still like of a hush, hush, don't talk about mm-hmm. it because this person has 
2 million followers or what and they're still getting booked by Muslims. So I feel like in that scenario, what do you do? So to me, uh, I don't know since when numbers do matter at the expense of the right of one person. Yeah. Um, to so, me, look, uh, the Prophet gave us a clear standard. Mm-hmm. If you see something that is wrong, change it with your hands. Mm-hmm. If you cannot change it, speak about it. Yep. If you cannot speak about it, hate it from your heart or dislike it from your heart. But this is the weakest of Iman. Do you think all these, let's say for hypothetically, two men, whatever that is, right? Mm-hmm. You think all these people like oppression? They don't. But they have the fear, and honestly, I think they are a victim of, uh, of uh, uh, brainwashing mm-hmm. or spiritual mm-hmm. indirect abuse. Mm-hmm. So Allah has just said the Quran, uh, you know, don't expect everyone to be on board. Mm-hmm. You will be many times find yourself fighting alone. Mm-hmm. And let it be. Yes. Uh, I will promise you, as Ahmed Al-Amin at least, that I will stand, I will never accept, Wallahi, I will mm-hmm. never accept someone brush uh, you know brush it under the rug because of the, the status of the person who committed yeah. uh, i really think uh hopefully we can have a council of masajids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we can actually address that issue on on state uh, not national city level first and state level we can go as far as involving for instance organization like isna mm-hmm. um, organization uh, like icna for instance uh, on a national platform so uh, let's start and let's the other thing we are very as most of we don't do well in documenting things keeping data we don't yeah. we don't have data maybe oh. you do so what we will do actually uh, and i would suggest it to start this mm-hmm. we should have in the muslim community an anonymous line that people can call mm-hmm. and leave a message okay. if they are a victim of abuse yeah. Please, we will one, we will make sure one hundred percent to protect the confidentiality mm-hmm. of the information, but we have to we have to address it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we should build a front. Mm-hmm. This is not to separate Muslims, but this is to enforce justice. Justice is not given. Absolutely. You have to go and take it. Yeah. So I would encourage, inshallah, to this is um, you started the first step. Inshallah, we will build a, a strong front. Inshallah. inshallah, of course, we want peace. We don't want to create war in the community. But at the same time, at the same time, when it is due, we should be confrontational. Yeah. Okay. So then, my last question to you then is: Now, as a first responder, mm. um, if people who have, you know, they might be listening to this and may have experienced something mm. or might have the evidence, like you're mm-hmm. saying, and they come to you, mm. what are things that they might expect from? Yes, like so, the steps that they might have to face, excellent. and then what are the resources the mission would provide? That's a good question. We don't have resources, immediate resources, mm-hmm. and uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm supporting this so that yeah. we can build. Inshallah, uh, I'm supporting another initiative that I think the Sister does involved in uh, is mental health. Mm-hmm. We need to have, first of all, a database of resources. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing I will do as a person. It doesn't matter if I can go, whether it's day or night, I will go and knock on their door mm-hmm. and speak to whoever is. Mm-hmm. If we can, um, if it got to a physical abuse, we are required to involve the law. 
as an imam, I am required, as a police chaplain, I'm required to report to the law. So please, again, this is what I'm saying. I have to be honest, right? If you want to call me, you can call me, whatever you want to call me. But I, I, I swear, I swear uh, I'm sworn in, okay. chaplain. And more importantly, I'm an imam, right? I have responsibility in front of Allah if I see justice to act. Mm -hmm. I should not, I promote peace. I will tell the whoever is abuser, mm -hmm. I, I warn them. Uh, I'll give you an example where a child who, uh, who had addiction issue. Mm -hmm. And uh, the child texted me. Uh, yeah, I think he sent me a message on Instagram. And he said, please come to our house. He said, I will come to your house, but what's going on? Mm -hmm. He said, I really cannot go in. So he went into the, in the house, and the father started beating him up like a, a donkey. And mm -hmm. uh, while he was beating him up, um, a vape came out of his pocket. Oh. It, drove, it drove him even worse. Mm -hmm. When I came to the house, he was continuing beating him up. I said, look, you have to stop, or I will call for the police. You, you have choice. Mm -hmm. Then he stopped. We sat down, we listened. Uh, he listened to me, alhamdulillah, forcefully, not accept willingly. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the way it went, alhamdulillah, went really well. I explained with addiction uh, to him. Mm -hmm. You cannot change addiction by switching a button. Mm -hmm. right. You can beat him to death, but he will be smoking tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or he will be taking that drug. Addiction, Allah treated the Quran addiction gradually. Three mm -hmm. ayat before alcohol is haram. Why? Because Allah understands the problem of addiction. Mm -hmm. So, alhamdulillah, we helped. So, there are some people who need to be educated. Mm -hmm. I, I really find it weird to someone, for someone to come and tell you, don't beat your wife or your child. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't need to hear. This is common sense. Common sense but but common sense is no longer common. Right. So, that's why education is very important. So, when the first thing I do, educate both parties about their rights and their obligations. If I'm there, I'm really not there to waste my time mm -hmm. or your time. I'm here to tell you what you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's sad. I, I you know, I, I have to be that way. Yeah. If you are abusive, please, and Allah, you know Allah already. Quran, I'm not going to quote Quran for you. Yeah. You already know Quran. You're using the Quran, actually. So it's very important for them to stop them, let them know their uh, obligations and their responsibilities. And then after that, try to mediate. Mm -hmm. The mediation should never be at the expense of, please be peaceful, uh, patient and accept the abuse. It has to stop today. Yeah. And I tell the abused part, I give them their rights. Because many people don't know their rights. Mm -hmm. So I let them know all their rights, and including calling 911, okay. if you feel like you're endangered. Um, but I always tell them, you know, if there is a way to solve it peacefully, let's solve it peacefully. Yeah. If it doesn't work peacefully, let the law take the course. Uh, so this is what I do individually uh, as, a, as an imam, or even as a chaplain, if I respond. As a chaplain, of course, police chaplain, we should not be responding to domestic violence individually mm -hmm. because of the danger that comes with it. So we have to always call backup. And uh, uh, backup in this situation, more than likely one person has to go to jail. Mm -hmm. So people need to know that. Mm -hmm. So please, before you uh, commit any uh, reckless act, make sure you weigh the consequences. Stop abuse for sake of Allah. Mm -hmm. If you don't, for sake of your own self. Um, so I hope, inshallah, you know, this will be a, a great opportunity, inshallah, to start creating awareness, mm -hmm. both to the abused and abusers, 
uh, hopefully the abuser will reframe mm -hmm. and the abuse know their rights. Uh, uh, let's start, inshallah, educating the community members mm -hmm. Islamically and also um, uh, secularly to know their rights and inshallah obligation toward one another. And we cannot change the condition one day, but like they said, this, this, the distance of uh, 1,000 miles start with one step. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So just to wrap up, I know we've talked a lot about a lot of different types of topics today and mm -hmm. it might be a very heavy episode but I just want to finish on the note that like I know that we emphasize a lot of the Islamic aspect of the spiritual mm -hmm. and religious abuse which is great but ultimately too we also want to say that you know we really just want you guys to also take care of yourself yes. once you're able to take care of yourself and prepare your mind you can then go into the Islam itself and develop your own relationship with Allah. So if you're recognizing that you're having that difficulty with Islam and with Allah, mm -hmm. make sure you check in with yourself and see what you can do to help yourself as that's the number one most important thing because you can always come back to Allah. Yes, so definitely. Make sure to... And not, no one is not redeemable. Everyone is redeemable. Yeah, Don't let anyone believe that you go to the hell. Yep. So uh, just to finish with this story, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're <laughs> good. Go ahead. Go there ahead. was a, a child who... Uh, the father abused him so much to where because of this mm -hmm. and the father is making him to do things that are so unrealistic like he went to college just to get degree and the father doesn't want him to even use that degree mm -hmm. and to and to me and he tried I advise him be kind to your parents but you really don't have to listen to him in this mm -hmm. you have you been to college to in order to pursue a career Pursue your career and then be kind to the uh, the, the father. Mm -hmm. You know what happened? Start talking to the father. The father wouldn't even return the salam. Wow. This is where you tell it's ego, mm -hmm. or really they want your best interests. Mm -hmm. So if they fail to return, you don't have to give salam, but you are kind enough to reconcile because of your parents and everything. And Allah says, "Wa ufin." You never angry at them. Don't yell at them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, make your choices. Yeah. And then you know, keep giving salam. Mm -hmm. May Allah open their hearts and inshallah. But don't let your relationship with the negative relationship you have with parents or spouse to ruin your relationship with Allah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Allah will always bless you and protect you. Allah will always love you. Yeah. And you... He will accept you every time you come back to Him. Do you want to finish with the dua? Yes. Okay. Allahumma lakal hamdu hatta tarda. Allahumma lakal hamdu idha radid. Allahumma lakal hamdu ba'da rida. Allahumma salli ala muhammadin fil awaleen. Allahumma salli ala muhammadin fil akhireen. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin fil malayil a'la ila yamadini. Allah, we thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed on us. We ask, we thank you for the blessings of the intellectuality, the independence in our thinking. Ya Allah, we, we thank you for the free will that you have given us. Ya Allah, we ask you to make this free will a path to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you to protect us and safeguard us and watch over us from any harm that comes from ourselves or from our shaitan. From shaitan. We ask Allah Azza wa Jalla, Ya Allah, for, uh, to, to clear us and clean us and cleanse us from any difficulty in this life and, or the hereafter. Ya Allah, we ask you to show us the truth as truth and help us to follow it and show us the wrong as wrong and help us to avoid it. Ya Allah, we ask you to clean and cleanse our hearts from ev evil intentions, egos, um, uh, 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 or anything that hurts our relationship with you or our relationship with our loved one, Ya Allah. Allah, we ask you to bring harmony between our between us and our loved one. Allah, we ask you to remove fitna and we remove uh, hatred. Allah, we ask you to guide us during difficult time. Allah, we ask you to, to support us. We ask you to support all the victims of um, abuse or domestic violence or whatever it is. Allah, you are the Lord of justice. 
Ya Allah, we ask you to support them during their difficult time. Ya Allah, we ask you to show them the wisdom in your decisions. Give them the light to go through the difficulties and the darkness of this light, of this life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we ask you collectively to bless us and bless with us. You ask Allah to guide us collectively and guide with us. Ya Allah, we ask you to not to make us support for any oppressor, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you hated the oppressors, you hate oppression, and you made it forbidden yourself. Ya Allah, disable oppression in our community, Ya Allah. We ask you to guide those who are enabling the oppression in our community to see the truth and Allah to follow it. Allah, this is our dua to you. We are lifting our hands over to you and our hearts. We, we, we put in our trust in our lives in you, Ya Allah. We ask you to accept our dua and do not reject us. Subhan rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala mursalim alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye.